1: Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Cindra Kampoff, and I'm grateful that you're here. Ready to listen to an interview I did with Josh Lifrack, who provides mental training for the Chicago Cubs. Now, the goal of these interviews is to learn from the world's best leaders, athletes, coaches, and consultants all about the topic of mindset to help us reach our potential or be high performers in our field or our sport. Now, if you have been following me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you know this is a really huge week um, in the camp-off life and the high-performance mindset family. I launched my first book called Beyond Grit, 10 Powerful Practices to Gain the High-Performing Edge, and it's been a phenomenal journey the last five days. So we launched it last Thursday night with a big party in my hometown with music and food and and, and a lot of uh, great speakers. Um, And uh, you can actually get your copy at beyondgrit.com. Now, what's phenomenal is between now and uh, September 7th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, you get a a pretty sweet deal. You get uh, $5 off the book. Retails for $25, so you get $5 off the book. You also get free shipping. And you get the free ebook and audiobook all before uh, September seventh at eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time. Um, so I'd encourage you to head over to beyondgrit.com and check it out there. Um, now, Josh and I, Josh Lifrak, who provides mental training for the Cubs, um, he uh, received a pre-release copy of the book and 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 provided me a, a testimonial, uh, which I'm very great, grateful for. And uh, this is what he said about the book. He said Beyond Grit takes the concepts of resilience and perseverance and gives the reader practical tools and tips to create lifelong habits. Dr. Kampoff is one of the foremost sports psychology consultants in the world and something that's further evidenced by reading this book. It is a must for anybody who wants to perform at their absolute best. Yesterday, Josh and I sat down. We talked about the book. We talked about pro sport. He works with the Cubs. I work with the Minnesota Vikings and do other um, work in pro sport. And so we talked about pro sport, struggles in sports, pro sport. What do we we see athletes struggle with at, at that point? And we also talked about... Lots of different concepts from the book. Now, we talk about the 10 Powerful Practices, um, which is a PDF that you can actually go and ahead uh, and download. And you can um, go to beyondgrit.com slash workshop slash practices. Okay, so uh, that's beyondgrit.com slash workshop slash practices. And you can download the, the PDF of, of the top 10 practices of the world's best. And so we talk about several of those um Throughout our conversation, we talk about owning the moment, knowing what your purpose is. We talk about the importance of staying in the present and then some uh, powerful strategies to enhance your grit. So I can't wait to hear what you think. We would encourage you to head over to Twitter at mentally underscore strong, tag uh, myself. And at lift rack is uh, lift attack. If you just search Joshua Liffrack, you'll also find it. So we look forward to hearing what you think about the interview, which of these 10 practices that we talk about stand out to you, and uh, go get your copy of Beyond Grit, um, Powerful Practices to Gain the High-Performing Edge, and you'll find it very practical, easy to read, and something that you can use with your team or yourself to be the best version of you. So without further ado, let's bring on Josh. What's up? I'm here with my man Josh Lifrak here. We're talking about Beyond Grit <laughs> all the That's way awesome. from sunny, sunny Florida, which is kind of funny because it's actually sunnier here right now in Minnesota. Yeah, it is. It's
0: like pitch black here. It's crazy. It's like all light there. I don't know what the heck's going on. It's freaking me out.
1: <laughs> so Josh hey I want to just so appreciate you joining us today and talking about beyond grit which you provide an endorsement for and we're also going to talk a little bit about pro sport and kind of the the things that we see even pro athletes struggle with that that are in that's in beyond grit and uh, we're going to about these 10 practices of high performers, which is the structure of Beyond Grit. So I just want to thank you so much for being here today.
0: No problem. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure, Sidra. Anything for you?
1: The people who are listening, let's tell people how we met. So I know we've met through the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. I know we we've actually
0: met, met in, uh, at IMG, IMG Academy. Yeah. So when I was working at the Academy, you came down for, I think we were doing like, uh, like a workshop type of thing for a weekend or whatever. And you were one of the participants, and you and I just hit it off, and we just kept talking about. You were talking about uh, Minnesota State baseball, and yeah. they were they were playing like University of Tampa or something like that, right?
1: In the college world series, Division right. Two. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were yeah. watching as we were eating.
0: Yeah. and then we've been, uh, you know, friends ever since.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you being on here today. So, what did you think, Josh, when you read Beyond Grit? And well,
0: I got I got to tell you what's what's really amazing about it is we were looking, you know, we were kind of doing. You know, just an overview. It's kind of near the end of the year. Our major league teams still playing, battling for a playoff spot. But minor league season ended uh, today, and then uh, we have a couple teams in the playoffs, which we're pumped about. But there, we were looking, kind of, just doing an overview of like what's missing, what are we missing for an organization, what are the players missing, what are some of the things that we need to really bear down on and do better at. And one of the biggest things we looked at was was grit. We said, hey, our kids, this generation, especially of pro athletes, they seem to be um excuse laden um if things aren't going the right way they it just it, it's you know i can tell sometimes before a game how we're going to do right oh, you know just by just by what's going on outside if it's a rain out the day before if we got a double you know now we got a double header or something like that and so we said hey we need to kind of get a little grittier it's funny really enough you look in and you go into the research on grit and you know, even Angela Duckworth in her TED Talk talks about how she doesn't know what really works to make people gritty, right? Right. But but, but we have our assumptions and then we look at it and bam, there's this book Beyond Grit and it lays out all these little things that help you become grittier and it's awesome. And so, you know, it's going to be a great tool that we're going to be using certainly uh, with our organization. We'll definitely be handing it out and instructs the spring training and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's got a great, a bunch of great stuff in there. The biggest thing for us is, is the being present, not perfect. You know, for us, it's, that's, that's a huge thing. And you, you have a huge section on just how to be present and, awesome. and really appreciated that.
1: Well, that would be super sweet if the Cubs were using beyond grit. But you're right. Like what I, what I really tried to do in the book, Josh was, uh, give some practical tools and strategies because I think the thing that's really frustrating for me, and and even when I saw a person like us when I was in college, he talked so theoretical, and I'm like, okay, I need to know what I need to do today. And write. yeah, what
0: do I, that's it. What do I need to do? Right. right great, exactly. great, it's awesome. I understand the concept of grit, perseverance, and long-term goals. I got it. How do I get there? What do I do? I don't know. What do I do right now? Think of it grittier, yeah, right? Okay. And that's that's what's awesome about the book is that every single chapter, bam, here's the thing do how do I apply this tool to me well here's here's a worksheet that you do you just do this every day Here's 52 things to do to get yourself locked in right here right now it's awesome
1: awesome awesome yeah so like for example my second chapter is there. Like, it
0: is. there you go
1: like, no grit no pearl and I just talk about like you know whatever your pearl yeah. is for the <laughs> for the cows it might be the world <laughs> series you know but for us everyday people you know our pearl might be like a, a different kind of goal and <laughs> Oh, you're right. Like it's super easy to read with four things you need to do to develop that that practice. Very, very practical. Just because I wanted people like something that they could use and really user friendly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think it's yeah. quite
1: well. So, Josh, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about is, you know, just like talking about what what we both see in pro sport. You work with the Cubs. I, I work with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think one of the things that you you said, you know, you, you guys were really talking about and focusing on it is being present, not perfect. Right. And I think that's so powerful. I'd love to hear more about that. And you can share that with everybody listening. And for those people who are watching, I'd love for you to put some comments down below. What would you like uh, Josh and I to talk about? See the
0: comments. I want to see the comments? Where are they? Let's see them.
1: Um, let's I see. I want the comments. Well, you can see him, but I can see him on my my right-hand side <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> no,
0: <So> not there. <that. laughs>
1: I'll tell you when there's a comment, Josh, right. you can't but in the top 10. And I call them the top 10 practices of the world's best. I call them practices not because they're not something you're born with, but you, you develop them over time. Right. And even if you don't want to become the world's best in your field, it's like this is our standard. And so one of the things I was thinking about before we got on the call, I was thinking about, OK, what what do I see, you know, pro athletes that I work with really struggle with? And it's number six, owning the moment. Hmm. which is exactly what you just said, you know, not being not perfect, but, but present. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you guys use that. And then, and then I can share with you some of the strategies in the book.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, for us, it, we always talk about being present and not perfect, because ultimately if you're present, you have a better chance of success of execution, because that's what it, that's what it boils down to, right? The mental game. It's all about executing in this moment right here, right now. So You know, for us, there's a lot of things that we do uh, as an organization that we teach the guys. But certainly the practice of meditation is a huge factor in terms of helping guys learn how they're getting in the moment. And one of the big things that that we recognize is that, you know, you're not going to be focused all the time. And here it is, even if it's like the World Series or even if it's a playoff game, there's opportunities to be distracted. You know, you think like naturally, oh, okay, here's an athlete and they're in this big moment and their feet are gonna be in the batter's box and there's no if, ands, or buts about it, they're gonna be focused. But they have like, but what ends up happening is because the moment's so big, the energy runs really fast and then the thoughts run <laughs> very fast. So the big thing for us is being present means being present to being able to focus on what's really important now. So as they get a little bit maybe off kilter, oh gosh, don't strike out here, it means this. Or if I hit, get a hit here, it means this. No, that doesn't help. What helps is, what am I looking for, what's my plan, focus on that, how do I execute it, boom, that's it. And all those other thoughts, they don't matter, but if I've been practicing catching myself drifting, if I've been catching, um, catching myself thinking bad per se, uh, then I can take a breath and I can reset and I can settle back in and I can be where my feet are. So that's Absolutely. a huge, huge thing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, those are some of the same things that I talk about in the book in terms of like practice number six, owning the moment. And, you know, I think the key is is just noticing where your attention is and then, you know, bringing it back to the moment. You know, I think, Josh, a lot of people think that, you know, maybe that's just something that we're born with. But that's actually a a practice that we can develop over time by training our, 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 our attention. And I like what you said in terms of like noticing where it is and then kind of gently bringing it back few things that I talk about, you know, I do I do uh, talk about the right here, the research on mindfulness and and provide people a a strategy that they can use. And uh, and, an exercise. I talk about why it's so important to focus on the process over the outcome. Mm -hmm. And something that I really see, especially in pro sport, is I see like guys and I talk about guys. I'm thinking about the NFL and, and the work that I do in the NFL, like over trying where they try so hard and and they're focused so much on the outcome that they they press, right? Instead of just, like, being at their best in the moment and and taking the breath to, like, control themselves and and be in the moment. Do you ever see that? Like, the guys you work with are really, they're they're so focused on, like, being perfect and just they're pushing too hard that they're, like, over trying and they're pressing. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You see it certainly a lot more at the lower levels than the higher levels. At the higher mm-hmm. levels, they've kind of figured out the rhythm a little bit. Now they're going to get out of the rhythm. And when they get out of the rhythm, that's oftentimes when problems start happening and they start really crushing and, and pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, and then they have to kind of take that step back and realize, oh, okay, wait a second. I'm just, it, it, this is a little off. This is a little off. This is a little off. But absolutely, you, you see it all the time. Um, guys grip the ball a little bit tighter, guys grip the bat a little bit tighter. Um, they, you know, they give a little bit. Too much as it were right there's a, that balance that equilibrium that you have to meet in order for things to go to go well I mean talk, talk about baseball it's you know oh yeah. one five seconds to make a decision whether you're gonna swing or not you know blink your eyes go ahead blink your eyes okay it's gone Decision's gone you,
1: yeah great,
0: you know yeah. so it's crazy
1: so you have to be able to really react in the moment and keep your mind where your feet are right in the present moment
0: yeah, and it's almost like it's almost it's a weird feeling when it happens for the guys. They often talk about it where um, they're not thinking right. They they thought about their plan and they get in the box and then they're just there, and right. they just let their bodies take over and the thousands of reps that they've taken in the in the in the, in the cages or the thousands of pitches they've thrown, you know, in, in long toss and things of that nature. They just let it take over. Um, so it's almost getting out of your out of your own way.
1: Absolutely. Which is, Yeah, and when you're overthinking, you're in the present. (laughs) Right. One of the things I talk about, Josh, and maybe this is something you guys talk about, too, with the Cubs is like showing you this picture here where, you know, I, I provide this continuum here where you're in the present is in the middle, and it says you can do anything or be anything in the present. And then the past is like when we experience, you know, these negative emotions like anger, frustration, regret, or depression. In the future, we can be focused on the outcome or the results experience anxiety or fear or self-doubt and yeah. you know what I, I'm just trying to show you this a few days ago I was I was given a talk to like high schoolers and I was like your mind can be in three places and they were like and I said where and you know the one person just said like right here way up here and I was like okay that makes sense and then they're like way back here I'm like, okay that works <laughs> But my point is, like, this is really helpful for me, you know, and right now we're talking about baseball and football and, you know, pro sport. But all of these, you know, strategies and practices, we can use those in our our everyday life. And this is something that I use just like when I when I find myself not in the present, you know, I just notice where my mind is. And if it's like so in the in the future, it's like, okay you know, or I'm focusing on the outcome, or I'm feeling pressure, it's like, okay, I just need to get my mind back right here, right now. And so that's one of the ways is just like being aware of where, where it is, and then bringing it back to the present when that's where you can do anything you want, be anything you want, right?
0: Yeah, that is the here in the now. That's, that's what's most important. It's, it's how you're being in this moment. That's the hugest thing. And, and I think you, you nailed it, right? The present, the past, all that stuff. If you, you can't, hit a baseball if you're in the future. You can't hit a baseball if you're in the past. It's, it's only if the head is on your shoulders in that moment. So right. that's that's what it's all about. And again, it goes back to the training. Like we use meditation as a form of training, not to get your energy at the right level, but to catch yourself drifting and to catch yourself thinking bad and to draw yourself back in and have those reps.
1: Yeah, and we can all use mindfulness or you know meditation to train our minds to become <sighs> in the present. And we don't have to, be a professional athlete to do so right no.
0: Yeah. no yeah absolutely and I think you know the other thing is that whoever you are as a person in your life you have a performance right it yes. could be your job it could be your as a father or it could be as a mother as a spouse as a friend as a son as a daughter right that's a, a lot of it is is being in a performance so we know that you're going to do better in those things. And we know what the research says about mindfulness and meditation training, that it's off the charts in terms of how much more connected you become, how much more emotionally intelligent you become, how much more aware you become of the things around you. And it allows you to be a better person in this earth, period. So, Yeah,
1: that's nice. That's nice. So I got a question for you. I'm going to read off these 10 practices for you, Josh. I'd I'd like to hear which one of these do you think it's most important for the Cubs, did here to consider, because I'm just thinking, like, we win the World Series, right, how, how awesome that is. You know, which one of these do you think is really important? And, you know, we don't have to just talk about the Cubs, but, like, for all of us, maybe we experience, like, something really huge in our lives. And, you know, how do we continue to move forward? And, and maybe right after that, we might struggle in some ways. So, yeah. What do you think? Because this is really kind of the structure of the book. What do you think Yeah, about?
0: number two is huge, right? Knowing your purpose. And I think that's one of the big things. Like, we knew our purpose really, really, really clearly last year. It was to do something historic that apparently 5 million people thought was amazing. So they all came to a parade. So, right, so that's, that's you know, like, that's, that's a huge element is, you know, knowing what you're there to do and why you're there to do it. You know, so oftentimes when you're out and you're just, Going through the motions or you know, you're in game one twenty and it's August and it's hot as heck and you're just kind of out there again. You you know, like it's like Groundhog Day over and over and over again. But you have to know why you're there. And it might be your family, it might be the team, it might be the people of Chicago, it might be that you're serving God, it might be you know that you want to change the world in some positive fashion by being a baseball player but whatever it is it's got to be big and it's got to be strong and it's got to be powerful and it's got to get be something that you can latch on to get you through those days
1: absolutely and i i see the same thing you know in pro sport when i work with with athletes it's like if they don't have a really clear why it's just such a uh, such a grind right and the nfl is even shorter than major league baseball but i mean it, I see it. You know, they have to put their their bodies through a lot. So, Josh, tell us your why. And you know, that's something I talk about in practice too. Is a few things I really love in practice too. Is I talk about owning your why. So, you know, like, and I know you've read Simon Sinek's TED Talk and and watched or read his book. You know, Start with why. But I, I take it one step further and I say you got to own it. You know, like you might know it, but can you can you remind yourself every day? And then another thing I talk about in practice too is like actually giving you a structure so you can write your purpose statement, which is super cool. Right. So, right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: last year, really, you know, obviously winning the World Series was a, was a huge goal, but it was really all about, and it still is, about changing what's possible in the universe for, for humanity. Right? So what our thought process was last year is you go and you win the World Series and now you're going to show all these people in Chicago, hey, man, if you do things a certain way, anything is possible. You can break a 108 year old curse, you know, things that haven't been done before that it would never be done. Right. Can be done. And now it's about still changing the world and still showing people that if you do things the right way over and over and over again, you're going to get great results over and over and over again. I, I kind of love this year because we're not very good and we've had things that have hit us and we've had injuries and we've had setbacks, but we just keep moving forward. And I think that's that's awesome, right? Because last year was a little bit of a dream season. We won 103 games. We blew through the playoff. Well, not not blew through the playoffs, but we, you know, we did this thing where we had a really special team, and and it, and it was awesome. And people were blown away. And they, oh my God, this is different. I can't believe what's possible. Da, 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 da. But now it's about you know that consistency of the model. You know, now it's about hey, how do we keep going? every year and how do we stay locked into it i just saw like a question pop up i don't know how that
1: yeah went. we got a question yeah it was
0: cool it well, just popped up across really the screen awesome. so the why is is still continuing to, to help humanity in terms of the things that i believe help make people better people
1: yeah that's awesome yeah. so that that is a huge why that's like a universe related why right. <laughs> you know uh, changing the world and showing and people that, it, that anything is possible. You know, Josh, one cool thing is I remember when you were on my podcast, The High Performance Mindset, and we were talking, and this was before, you know, the season began, and you were like, we're going to win the World Series, and we do when we do, you know, this is how I'm going to celebrate. So it was like right. – you know, you uh, and obviously you're one person in the whole organization, right? But um, my point is, it's like you're you're convinced you're going to do that, which is awesome. It's like setting your intention and then letting it happen. So, Matt, yeah. this Josh, what's one thing you've learned from working with Joe Madden?
0: Yeah, one thing I've learned from working with Joe Madden is is is, is patience, right? And uh, and belief in the process, so trusted faith in the process. I guess would be the one thing that I've really learned from Joe Madden in terms of I always knew about the process, and I knew why is important, and we talk about it with the athletes and stuff like that. But even as somebody who works in the organization, you get. Oh my God! We're not winning. We're not winning. We're not. You know, like you get pent up in that, and you forget to look at the process. So um, this year has been a really great learning experience for me with Joe in terms of, hey, just trust the process. This is what we do. We're going to see where the chips fall at the end of the year, but we have to stay within our process.
1: Nice. That's awesome. That's one of the things I talk about in right here. See what chapter is that 29 just the importance of attacking the process, you know, not not getting so outcome focused. But I think that's really hard to do, you know, especially when you are, you know, you're like trying to go for a World Series or trying trying to go for a Super Bowl or, you know, whatever the big goal is, you know, for me, it was maybe writing the book and and to be straight. There were a lot of times I got focused on the outcome, like, right. "Oh my God, I'm only blank pages in, and you know, I have I have I have 100 pages to go." And I know, you know, I I talked to you about this because there was time where I forgot my why I think, and yeah. uh, I was so focused on you know maybe what could happen instead of just like, writing the best I could today.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you remember the advice you gave me?
0: Uh, I said just probably, I probably said just get into a process and just do it like every morning, just sit down and just start writing for, yeah. you know, 20 minutes or 40 minutes or something like that, probably, right?
1: Yeah, it was totally about the process. And I even right. wrote a little sticky on my right, right above where I wrote. And it just said one page at a time, one page at a
0: time. Nice.
1: <laughs> so, so not only were you helping me, you know, you're attacking the process can help us in any way. By the way, Josh awesome. uh, Matt said beautiful to your, oh. to your.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that, buddy. I think, you know, for for us in terms of like, you know, I know one of the things that always happens with us is I think we get a lot of listeners who might be sports psych people or, or people who are students of sports psych and stuff like that. So I think we could certainly, I don't know, we could probably chat about that a little bit and yeah. you know, maybe our path to how we got to where we are or something. Maybe yeah, for look sure. At.
1: Yeah, you start. Tell us a little bit about your path and how you got to where you are. I mean, you know, I think I think sometimes, you know, people might think, wow you know they got to pro sport and you know that's never going to happen for me but we started just like everyone else right and we're not perfect either we're st- we're still learning and growing and attacking the process every day <laughs> um,
0: it's funny because Matt just wrote speaking of that I mean Matt just wrote again to us about hey do you have any books or anything and I'm like no I, I've never my wife is sitting about 20 feet from me and she constantly is on me about writing a book and I got to do it one of these days, but, you know, that that's part of that process, though, right, is, yeah. hey, you know, putting out stuff that people can have and, and do and, and use in their daily lives, let alone just what we're doing. So,
1: yeah, Josh has been on my podcast, High Performance Mindset, and I think Success 101, I know for sure you've been on. So those are pretty sweet podcasts you can go back and listen to. <laughs> um, so you started... Did you start at IAM doing sports psychology? Or what was your
0: step before? No, no, I was um, so, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do out of college. And so I waited tables for, for years. I was a waiter until I was about 30. And I went back to school. I didn't have the right requirements to get into a grad program for sports psych. And so ended up having to go back uh, to add like 20 credits to my undergrad degree. I was doing that while I was waiting tables in New York City. And then Mm -hmm. Went to Ithaca College in upstate New York. Got my master's degree there and then moved back to the city um, To write my thesis and during that year when I was writing my thesis. I was working with local colleges I was just hustling. I was working for Outward Bound doing like outdoor leadership schools. I was just You know hustling. That's what you do. I mean, it's Manhattan, right? You hustle. So I was just trying to find anything and everything and then uh, you know, I did an internship at the Academy at IMG Academy in that time and um they liked me enough that they, they hired me and I, I spent nine years down there, wow. uh, 10 years down there. Um, and that was a hustle in its own right. You know, that wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. It was uh, underpaid overworked and, um, you know, learned a ton. Uh, but you were always like, man, how do I make this work or, you know, my family yeah, financially and it wasn't working financially. So then it was, okay, I got to get out of here. How do I get out of here? Uh, because every idea that we brought to earn more money for the staff that was there, they just rejected some like out of hand. No, that's not, no, we're not doing that. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay. I need to leave. So it became a situation where, you know, you just start rattling the, the trees again and hustling again. And so, Hey, Bernie holiday, Pittsburgh pirates. I know you, you know, me, we like each other. We do good work. You know, have you heard anything in baseball? Have you heard of anything in baseball? Have you heard anything with anybody? And it was just, putting out the, the word and it was like two year process before um, the Cubs who I had no contacts with whatsoever uh, called me and they called me because they had gotten a recommendation from people I knew at the, at the, the Cleveland Indians. So, you know, it was pretty lucky kind of, to be honest with you. I keep thinking about that. I talked to my wife about it the other day, I was like, man, we were so lucky that they called us. Um, but, but luck is kind of created too, right? Had I not put yeah. the name out there, had I not been banging on doors, had I not been throwing stuff out, I wouldn't have ended up with an organization that I fit in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was thinking as you were talking. You know, it's like, well, you were lucky because you did good work at IMG and you were great at what you did. And then you were lucky because you knew Bernie and, you know, you could connect with other people in baseball. So it's sort of like, you know, I think what you and I have in common is the hustle factor. Yeah. You know, so when I think about, you know, just like how I got started, it was doing a lot of work, a lot of applied work at, you know, the high school, the youth, the the college level, so that you get really, really good at what you do. And I think that's key, right? And so, you know, I know you mentioned anybody in sports psychology or performance psychology who are listening, it's like, you got to do the work to develop your skills. And then, right, luck follows. (laughs) But you got to get really, really, really good at what you do. And not only like know the science of, of sports psychology, but be able to put it in real world terms and like easy practical strategies that I think is really like the highlight of this book so yeah.
0: that's that's a huge factor right like yeah. easy practical easy to apply stuff making it in terms that people understand you can't you know start talking about like some like I don't even know the damn theories anymore I'll be completely honest with you like if you show them to me a book I know what they would mean and why they apply but I right. don't know the damn names of them Right. Sure, but sure. people want to show the names and they want to cite everything and they want to do this and they don't to do that. The athletes do not give a crap. All yeah. they care about is, hey, man, how does this help me throw the fastball over the plate? Right. That's all they care about. How do I how do I, how do I throw this plate in the moment?
1: You throw individualized zones of optimal functioning. to group of
0: Yeah. Eyes off. Um, so yeah, there <laughs> you go. Dude, how's your eyes off today? What? Get out of here. No, for what? <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah. So but, on- but I, I do have to say too, like
0: it, it might sound like a banging out on research, but research is crucial. Like it's super, right. super, super, super important because it allows us to take that understanding of that stuff and apply it. So
1: Absolutely, and I like what Matt is saying below. By the way, Josh, he said the harder you work, the luckier you get, which is something we talked about. And then how results really matter, and this is true, right? You yeah. have to, you know, as a practitioner, you have to know the theory, you have to know what you're doing works. But it's like, um, especially in pro sport, like that's what's most important: is yeah. you know, the results that that they get and that you help them get. So, yeah. 30, So, you know, one thing that when I think about this, like my journey, that's been really helpful. And maybe you can you can tell me what you think about this. But one of the practices that I decided to end the book with is probably the practice that mm, arguably is probably had the most impact in my life. And I talk about choosing your courage zone right here. And like my my description is like the world's best feel uncomfortable regularly yeah. When we stay in our comfort zone, we don't grow. High performers yeah, yeah, yeah. know that the magic happens outside your comfort zone. And specifically, I talk about when I did this thing in my community called Dancing with the Stars, and it was—I right. know you know this—but I had to—I had to dance in front of 3,000 people. And like I'm a—I'm not a runner, not a hip-hop dancer. So I had to really choose my courage zone, but here, here's kind of what I describe: is like your courage zone is like when you act with courage and bravery, you play big, you've done, you do things you've never done before. You, you know, that's where opportunity and hard work and self-discovery and high performance and pursuing your dreams actually happen. And yeah. and like I talk about how I think few people really live there. And, and the key is to do something every day that's scary. Ooh, that's
0: good. That's good.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I decided to do. Um, I don't know, maybe two years ago. Is like, can I do something every day that's scary? And so for me, that's like start a podcast. For me, right. that's like Facebook Live. <laughs> for me, that's like write a freaking book. Right. Or you know, let's see, walk out on the football field for the first time. Right. And I think, like, that's what we have to do when we, when we, when we experience fear is we – because, like, fear, I think, is natural whenever we're trying something new. You know, we're, we're going to have that fear, but I think we can choose courage instead. Um, yeah. and I like that. I think, right you know,
0: anytime we get scared about something, that's a good signal, right? That's a really good signal for you. Like, ooh, why am I getting scared of that thought? Why am I getting scared of that goal? Okay, I, I should probably go down that path because that right. one's a little scary to me. Yeah, you know, like that. That's a, that's a good thing. It's like um I recently uh started doing practicing jujitsu, uh, which I basically means me on a mat getting pounded on by like, you know, 175 to 210 pound men and, and women. <laughs> right. And they just turn me into a pretzel. But and I get and I get like this pit in my stomach every time I turn up to the studio because it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to go in there. And I'm going to probably come out with a very, you know, my tendons are going to be stretched. My nose might be broken my, you know, I'm going to get embarrassed. I'm going to get beat on and I'm going to get exhausted. Awesome. Let's go. Right. And so, you know, what I found, which was amazing, though, is it actually helped me a ton in my work because here I was going every day and I was getting, I was getting beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up. Like in in spring training in Arizona, I went uh, 25 times over uh, a five week period. So that's. You know, about four to five times a week over a six-week period. So it's about four to five times a week I went to this this training facility, and I would just get my ass kicked constantly by people who were twenty-five, by people who were forty-five, by people who were sixty, by women who were, you know, one hundred and twenty pounds. I was just getting hammered, and I just there was a point, like probably halfway through, and I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't want to do this. I hate this. I hate this feeling. I hate this feeling. I hate this feeling, and it clicked for me. This has got to be what it feels like when a guy's in a slump. This has to be what it feels like when a guy is stepping into the box and he's over his last eleven or over last twelve, where he's just like, "Man, I don't want to do this today. I didn't, uh I just want to get this over with." And so, it was in that moment that I kind of realized, "Oh, okay. Look, I can, I can relate this. I now I get it. Let me use all the tools that I've been telling these guys to start using." And then, sure enough, really, really, like you know, I started. I started getting better. I started being protecting myself. I started not getting tapped out every round. I started getting to the point where maybe I was doing a reversal and getting on top of them. I started all of a sudden my last round of the entire time that I was there, like it was 25 times, my last round, last three minutes of class, last 20 seconds of class, last 10 seconds of class, I got this guy who was like six foot three, Maybe like 190, 200, like lean, gripped, about 26 years old. And I reversed him. I got him at a bar. I got him at an Americana and I submitted him. I tapped him. The first person I tapped the entire time I was there was five weeks. And it was like three, two, one. They tapped, you know, and then the bell went off. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But it was like, it, but it was just in that moment, like I, I got, I, I learned so much more about performance, right? So that's one of the other things I would say to practitioners is like, you gotta perform like you have to like the best way to learn how to use these tools is to use them yourself and then experiences back. So, you know, we know Bernie, Bernie goes on these like hundred mile runs. You obviously do tons of marathons. You know, for me, it's, it's starting to become jiu-jitsu where I get my ass kicked and I learn.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cause if we're not practicing what we preach, like how are we supposed to have, you know, the, the credibility. And I think what, what's important that you just said is that we don't have to work in the same, we don't have to do the activity in the same sport that we work no. in, you know, but it's just like us being active and practicing these tools. So two things that you said, Josh, that were sweet, you said, follow what scares you. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I talk about here and actually give you the tools and how to do that. But What tools did you use when you were talking about how you, you know, that you're thinking about the guys in the slump and what it felt like. And then you started using the same tools that you use. What do you do?
0: Yeah, well, I started visualizing. I started meditating before classes. I would take five minutes in the parking lot and just get my mind clear. I would set a purpose and an intention for that day. And it usually had nothing to do with results. It was more about a being. So it was, hey, I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in control of my emotions right? I'm going to be just focused and present in the moment. I'm not going to have a thought process about my ego.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know one kind of final message that I want to provide people who are listening. What do you want to provide people who are listening? What's kind of a final message, Josh? Uh,
0: I just, you know, it's it's always been the same message for me that, you know, like I know through my life, I had a dream. My dream is to work in professional sports and and sports psychology and help others, right? And so when I was 30 years old, like carrying, you know, three plates on my arm and serving wine to people, that was probably the farthest thought that you could ever imagine. I remember even going to, you know, grad school, like I got into grad school and I'm like, okay, now I'm in grad school, here we go. And it was like, you know, I remember it was like week three and it was like, oh yeah, by the way, there's no jobs in this field so you know you guys are going to have to work really hard even maybe research will be good for you guys or you know if you are going to work try and work in this field you know maybe get an internship and figure it out from there so you know that never deterred me and and uh you know i i learned uh in my undergraduate um when i was taking my undergraduate degree i learned from a professor who took sociology and he had a he had a phrase it was fuck the facts and i love that phrase because it's about hey, it doesn't matter what's staring right in front of you. All that stuff, it, it's, just, it's just an opinion. It's, it's whatever. They're, yeah, sure, there's facts. There's not that many jobs in this field. Great, who cares, right? So right now, I'm also reading the book of uh, the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, right? So that's where my head is. So my point is, whatever you do, you can go do it, right? But you have to really not care that you're going to get punched in the face a lot and you're going to fail, and as soon as sure. you stop caring about failing, you'll start learning. And as soon as you start learning, you'll start growing. And as soon as you start growing, you're going to get closer and closer and closer to that goal. That seems Absolutely. like a ridiculous dream.
1: Super cool. So I would say similarly, I had the same dream to work in pro sport, right? It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. But I think what's really important is I think that what we share in our stories of, of just like creating it, you know, yeah. and you kind of said love. Yes. I don't agree with that, you know. I think it's like you created it by becoming really, really good at what you do, and then using your network, and you know, and also I, I, I think I get really, really frustrated when people say like you can't. There's no jobs in this field, and I say baloney. You know, look at all the people who are really successful, and I think it's growing more and more because more people are realizing that your mind is is important to train. You make it happen. You make it happen. So you got to take control of your destiny and make it happen. And yeah. I think that's what we're both what we're about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. bump.
1: Boom. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, Josh, this is going on my podcast because it was a phenomenal interview and conversation. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the things I like about the book, you can tell that I'm super proud of it because I I thought about, oh, my gosh, this took me, like, so, there's so many details in, like, writing a book, and I thought about every single one, but one of my favorite things is at the end of every chapter, there's four things you can do to develop that, that practice or that skill, and then it ends with a power phrase, so the power phrase.
0: Yeah, love the phrase phrase. Yeah, like
1: How do you how should you talk to yourself and what can you say to yourself to emphasize that tr- the practice and you know before I end with that we've talked about so many cool things today. We talked about beyond grit. We talked about why even the Cubs and other pro sports need need grit. We talked about being in the present moment. We talked about following what scares you and we talked about what you learned from Joe Madden, which is patience and focusing on the process. And so my my power phrase that I'm going to end with is I choose courage over fear. I flex my courage muscle, take a deep breath in and go for it. So you can pick up your copy of Beyond Grit over at beyondgrit.com. If you are watching on Josh's page, you got to check There's out-
0: nobody the- watching on my page because you would have to promote it. I didn't do that. I'm such a loser.
1: <laughs> no, you, you will do it after this.
0: Yes, I will. I will totally do it after this. Awesome. Perfect.
1: Okay. Thank you, Josh.
0: For people that are watching, my Twitter handle, if you guys care, is at attack. So if you guys want to- Hit me up at attack. That's, that's the best place to catch me on Twitter. Thanks, Sandra. Awesome. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for listening to High Performance Mindset. If you like today's podcast, make a comment, share it with a friend, and join the conversation on Twitter at Mentally Underscore Strong. For more inspiration and to receive Sindra's free weekly videos, check out drsyndra.com.